0: rectory is considered the most haunted house in England but what is it that's haunted a house no longer present or the people who investigated the site and perhaps unintentionally managed to hallow their pockets and reputation at the same time many people took something away from their time at the rectory but I fear what they took was as human as you or I Charles Godfrey on Bawley 1968 and with that, welcome to the Tea and Grumpets podcast, the international podcast of spiritual love. I am one of your hosts, communicating from beyond the dead, Glenn. And I'm the other one that's beyond the living, Mike. And as always, we are looking to bring you the latest and most entertaining offerings we can find and we are back with a ghost special thanks to the marvelous uptake we had on our recent warren special just last month you can find that in the feed for the podcast please check it out two parts but we're going to talk something a little closer to our hearts uh, certainly in my heart being an englishman and just living around the corner from it bali rectory so before we proceed Let's get an outsider's point of view on Borley. Mike, what do you know about Borley? Okay, so Borley
1: sounds like a disease, and Rectory sounds like a place you get your ass replaced. (laughs) So that's about as much as I know. Um, I did a little bit of research, and uh, it seems haunted. Is it the most haunted place in England? I don't know. I I live in New York. I mean, you're here to tell me, but honestly... even just reading about it i'm like okay it's a little bit haunted it's a little bit haunted so you must i I don't know i'm I'm excited to be here i'm excited to learn but um -hmm. that quote at the beginning was beautiful Who was it by
0: uh that was by charles godfrey he was a investigator who supposedly visited the rectory uh many times before it was actually destroyed by fire and actually wrote a book called on bawley that called out a lot of um harry price's alleged encounters with the supernatural Okay. Uh, so it's
1: complete malarkey. Great. Wonderful to hear. Um, I'm excited to jump into this. So uh, what is your relationship? Because I have none. I didn't even know this existed until you're like, hey, Mike, why don't you look up Borley Rectory? And I said, no, I'm not into that. And you're like, no, no, no. It's a place that you need to you know, look up because it's haunted. I'm like, oh, okay. So what? why? Why is this a place? Why should people care about what? this? Okay,
0: the so Borley Rectory has gained infamy through uh, one man, and that's Harry Price, who declared it the most haunted house in England uh, before the site was destroyed by fire. He spent many, many, many months there, uh, actually on the rectory, investigating. And there is a whole... it's got its own lore based around the whole place. It's had the media there. You've had lots of paranormal visitors at the rectory. Um and it, through through the years in the UK, Baldy Rectory has become like the legend place. It, it's basically like our Amityville. Ah, um, okay, right. yeah, that, in- that that's kind of the thing. And luckily, I grew up around the corner from it. So yeah, that yay! explains a lot. That
1: definitely <laughs> explains a lot. And it also, I mean, I can't believe Vincent Price's uh, brother had such a
0: lucrative uh, career in paranormal investigation.
1: <laughs> what, what a great family of Prices. Cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, to give you a bit of background on Borley, it was built in 1862 to the rector of the palace, and Borley, he was a uh, reverend bull, um, who actually had, had Come the... Come on, uh, he's
1: not an animal. All right, first off, All right, stop it
0: right here. What is a rectory? A rectory is a lodging or dwelling that accompanies a vicar uh, who is attached to a church. So okay, it's basically what's a house. vicar? A vicar is the Church of England version of a priest. Got it. So this is a house that holds holy people, correct? Yeah. It's oh. Them and their families, Church of England, they're allowed to um, take wives and have children, oh. uh, unlike a Catholic priest. Yeah. yeah. So they, they basically bring their families there and uh, have a little bit of a shindig. Wow. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that led to like a lot of bad things that happened in that rectory like maybe yeah uh, maybe okay cool but uh,
0: (laughs) and this is still around huh this is still Uh, this is the thing right part parts of it are still around uh you get a lot of people say they've been to the rectory um unless you are over the age of 76 and you have a very good memory you have not been to Bawley rectory oh so i've been there Um, okay cool yeah it, it's no longer there. It, it was destroyed by fire and demolished. It's actually got stables there now. Um, I've, I've been in the stables. Um, I believe there's uh, like is something left from the rectory. It's like a swing or something. But the rectory isn't actually there. But it's become a colloquialism in Britain for people to say, I'm going to Bordy Rectory. Um, supposedly the Warrens have been there. They haven't been there because when they went there, it didn't exist. There is there is no rectory left. So what you've got is a uh, stables, and you've got a site where people can actually make up whatever they want because no one can no one can disprove them. it doesn't exist. So it's Uh, like Narnia. Like
1: Yes and no. Yeah, it's um. It doesn't
0: exist. No, it does. The rectory doesn't exist. There is a church there still, and I can guarantee you there is a place called Bawley, but the actual rectory does not exist. Did it exist? Yes, definitely. There are photos of it. Was it haunted? That's what we're here to discuss, right? Nice. OK, so you had um, you had a chap called Reverend Bull, who was the original vicar of Border Rectory. And he was the first to report um, supernatural sightings within within the rectory. Um, And this was long before you had someone like Harry Price turn up, who basically made it famous. He did actually report um, he was living there with his family, and he reported sightings of the infamous nun of Borley. Have you heard of the nun of Borley? No. I can't say I have. So tell me what you think a nun is.
1: A person that is devoted to their religion and has no interactions with men in a sexual nature
0: yes then this is the that's the perfect part of why i asked you what you thought a nun was okay great because the legend goes in Borley that it's haunted by the restless ghost of a nun who was apprehended whilst on her way to meet a monk from a local monastery where they plan to elope now, the uh, the story goes that the nun was actually bricked up alive, and the monk was executed, and supposedly the nun is buried in Bawley Churchyard. So um, a
1: nun and a monk walk into a bar and get eloped. and Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So the guy um, gets hanged, and, and they're just like, no, miss, we're just going to, like, Othello you, or Othello you, and put you behind this <laughs> wall, chain you up, and leave you here? Is, is that correct? Yeah,
0: yeah. That, 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 in that, what that's year was this? Like 2017, or like this was back in supposedly the 14th century. Oh, so it's a while oh. back, way, that way, makes way it back. Okay. okay, cool. Yep. Okay. And the supposed date from um the research being done on it is a date of August fourth. um That's when the nun is meant to take her legendary walk, where she elopes to meet her monk boyfriend. Uh, And I will cover that later, because actually, when I was younger, I actually did a bit of investigating on this, and did something a bit naughty. Um, You eloped with a monk. (laughs) I eloped with a monk. I went and dragged a monk out, and I was like, let's elope, let's try and recreate it, but uh, you know. Wow,
1: wow. So so there's history in this place, and um, I feel like that's a long time, 14th century to 1862, that... Like, it was, uh, nothing was really happening. It's just, like, she she got boarded up there, probably died. I would hope died. If she's still alive, someone get her water. But other than that, like, that's, like, (laughs) a lot of time for someone to be barred up and nothing to come of it. Do you know what happened between the 14th century and 1862 when Mr. Um, Boldt bought it? Like, anything yes or were people just walking in and being like hey nice to see you a beautiful rectory you have here and there's just a woman screaming bloody murder behind there like
0: what's going on well this is the thing supposedly the rectory is built on the site of the old monastery not the nunnery the monastery and that is what causes all the hauntings now why the nun turns up no one knows but she has been synonymous With Borley, ever since uh, the words Borley first came into the public consciousness, it's the Borley Nun. I have personally, and I'll tell you this, I've actually personally met several people who claim to have seen her. (laughs) I thought you were going to say I met the (laughs) Borley Nun. No, I I went looking for her, but I will cover that later. Okay, okay. Um, But I have actually met several people who claim to have seen her. One of them was a uh, third-hand. No, secondhand. It was one of my friends back when I was uh, sharing a house. And his dad, who was a keen cyclist, claimed, claimed. uh, And he was dead serious when he told me this. Because I was actually to the point of insisting I went around and asked him myself. Because my friend told me the story. And I was like, I want to talk to your dad about this. Because I was obsessed with this. Um, I went around there and asked him what happened. And he worked at a local factory that made uh, car parts and he would do shifts he would do 6 till 2 in the afternoon and he'd do 2 till 10 and he would he lived out just past Borley, but he would cut through bawley on his push bike now he claims to have stopped on a bench right and he did actually tell me where the bench was and i can confirm a bench exists he claims <laughs> to have stopped on a bench to take a rest while he was push biking and next to him he briefly saw a nun sitting next to him um now it was lying... a regular
1: nun what was it a ghost nun? like <laughs> you're just like yeah of course a nun could be at a rectory like yes that that's normal yeah but the
0: rectory oh. hadn't been there for uh, well what was it 1940s this is 60 years the rectory had been gone for 60 years it's around the year 2000 but did, uh, you he, tell, does... did he know that nuns still exist like it, yeah it... i think so okay. um part of me thinks maybe maybe he was having us on um but there, there was no humor in when he was telling me this he was he was quite serious about it um but you know you do have to take it with a pinch of salt because you haven't seen it with your own eyes so you know there is that um so and the second chap claims to have driven past her while going through there now let me let me describe to you what Ballie's like because it's it's not like um what you'd imagine basically you go through a small village called Long Melford, which is famous for its antiques, and it's an oldie worldie village, and you take the road to Borley, and there is very, very little on this road. Um, but there's no shops, there's nothing, it's just a windy road, and Borley creeps up on you, and before you know it, you're in Borley. Uh this says Borley, bang, you're there. And you've got the church. You're coming up through the road on the left you've got stables a few houses on the right you've got the church and a couple of houses next to it that's pretty much poorly done okay um there is it's desolate that's that's the place like you have to have a reason to go there to actually be going there there's there's no businesses there there's there's nothing there at all it's just out of the way and i know from um speaking to several locals they get very annoyed with people actually going up there all the time because people do go there ghost hunting. Um, and it's just an inconvenience. People go up there, they cause mess, they cause havoc. Um, driving their cars around late at night looking for a ghost. It's, it's almost like a, everyone in my old village or old town has done this. They've gone to Borley at some point. Um, okay. But it is very, very, very remote and out the way. It is ideal for a classic English ghost story yeah like why does this sound like a Muppet Christmas Carol <laughs> like, like <laughs> because it is this is this is classic little England okay. um, yeah you, I mean the church the church is absolutely beautiful like, listen absolutely I looked beautiful. it
1: up on Google Maps okay I looked it up on <laughs> Google Earth what I saw was not beautiful it looks like a red farmhouse yeah that that's like someone threw paint at while
0: blindfolded if that's beautiful we have very different versions of what beautiful is. that's possibly the stables you're looking at the church is absolutely immaculate right but it's not a church that's used a lot i wonder
1: why there's a woman um, boarded up behind screaming bloody murder. of course but go on
0: <laughs> yeah um so baldy's grown up with lots of lots of rumors um, you've got the, the story of the nun. Uh, there's various other things. Um, you've got the story of the nun there. You've got the various um, poltergeist activities that plagued uh, Reverend Bull and also Harry Price on his visit there as well that he claimed to have recorded a lot of. Not sure whether he did um yeah this goes back to oh
1: there's 900 hours of this footage from uh, what was that the enterfield uh, poltergeist or enfield yep. excuse me yeah i don't believe this guy recorded anything but we're gonna get to that it's it's but so far you you took a very big leap here we have a nun and now we have a poltergeist
0: like yep there, there is, is that, also a poltergeist there is that what happened from the 14th century to 19 wherever it was Basically, all this kicked off is uh, Reverend Bull, who was Henry Bull. He uh, he claimed to have seen the ghost of a nun. That's what he and um, he, he tried to address her, and she, she just vanished. Okay, uh, so that they basically they have seen an apparition, um, and there's it's been like a phantom coach driven by a headless horseman. Oh come um, on! This is classic England. These these are classic English ghosts. Yes, but like um, they all can't be in the same place at the same time. It's but... like a team up. It's like Avengers.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So we have the Avengers of Barley. That's, That's not, not a bad
0: name. name. You could write a comic about it. That's pretty cool. You could you could write a comic about it. But um, yeah, this is this is classed as the most haunted place on England. Now. Um, so, Reverend Bull dies, and then this guy called Reverend Guy Smith, he moves in with his wife. God, and why do they, they have start... the most generic names? Hi, I'm Guy Smith. Uh, Pleasure. It was back before you needed a proper stage name, so you just kind of went with what you want. Okay. Now, they move in, and supposedly, uh, Smith's wife found the skull of a young woman wrapped in a brown paper. It was a dog. of the house. It was a pig. It was Possibly. a cat. Am I right? Please I tell the body me of I'm the right. Pig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? And yeah, no, 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 it's a pig skull. And apparently, what they started actually experiencing was the sounds of servant bells ringing that had been disconnected, uh, lights turning on and off, unexplained footsteps. Um, and they would be tormented by the sound of a horse-drawn carriage pulling up late at night. So, what does any respectable member of the clergy do? Leave. They contact the newspaper. Oh, <laughs> oh! They contact the newspaper, um, and they want to get hold of a, a establishment called the Society for Psychical Research. Bit of a mouthful. Um, So what happened is they turn up with a reporter from the Daily Mirror and along comes a chap called Harry Price, a paranormal researcher who steps foot into the house on the 12th of June. Um, And strangely, Price reports a new kind of phenomena. uh, Stones being thrown at him, vases, other objects. Messages were tapped on on the frame of a mirror. Um, as soon as he left, these ceased. Um, the what? Yeah. As soon as he left, these, these things stopped. So immediately the local Reverend is saying, this guy's a fraud. Didn't he have Uh, rocks
1: in his pockets? He's like, Oh, I got hit by a boulder. And he has a boulder in his pocket. Quite possibly.
0: Yes. Okay. Just just double checking. So what happened is the Smiths, they leave Borley, right? I wonder why. Yes. They, they, they they skedaddle out of Bawley. Okay. And this guy called Reverend Lionel Foister. He moves in. Another okay? name. And Come on with he was names. He was a cousin of Henry Bull. So that there, there are a lot of religions going on there. He moves in to the rectory with their adopted daughter Adelaide. Named after somewhere in Australia. Nice Not going to lie.
1: That's a badass
0: name. Now, he writes an account of strange incidents that occurred between the time they moved in. In October 1935. And they sent these to Harry Price, and these included the servant bells ringing, windows shattering, throwing of stones and bottles, wall writing, and the locking of their daughter in a room with no key. So they've actually got full-on experiences with Harry Price not present. Now, this is when the poltergeist stuff kicks in. And Marianne Foster tells her husband. There's been a whole range of poltergeist happenings in the home including and leading up to her being thrown from her bed by an invisible force um, on another occasion their daughter adelaide was attacked by quotations something horrible she never actually said what it was um, and this leads uh, reverend foyster to try and conduct an exorcism and why wouldn't you so what he does is he tries to cleanse the house of negative spirits, but it doesn't actually lead to anywhere. Like no dice on this; they're not going anywhere. Wow. So, uh, in the middle of the first exorcism, he was—he has a, a fist-sized stone thrown at him. Um, so this is it. Like he that's he's a rock. tried to do an exorcism. That's yeah. That's, he had... that's a rock, a fist-sized stone yeah it's but still you know it's come out of nowhere so he's trying to investigate it his daughter's been attacked by something horrible okay. he's trying to exercise it and this then gets the public attention back in there um right okay so what happens is they all come back in they get lots of psychic researchers come back into the place and they all start pointing the finger at um reverend Foister's wife marianne mm-hmm. um So what she later fesses up to is that some of the incidents were caused by her husband uh, who was working with one of the psychic researchers. But other events appeared to be genuinely paranormal. Now here's the problem, right? Here's the problem. is um, When you start admitting you made up some of it, you lose any sort of credibility as it being paranormal. Yeah, we saw that in Enfield. Yes, yeah, absolutely. this is it. Enfield Polgas had the same thing. Yeah, but Marianne used it because she was basically uh, having a relationship with their lodger, a guy called Frank Peerless. All right, what the hell's she, a lodger? What is a, a lodger? A lodger do? is a guy who rents. He rents a room. You know. So this guy was just renting a room, and he was having an affair with his wife. Yeah, and she was
1: making um, it by throwing stones at people
0: yeah pretty much Uh, she was like oh my husband's coming up the stairs I'll throw a stone or throw my voice it's a ghost Um, (laughs) yep it was was a ghost you saw not me so 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 what happens is they leave they leave the home in 1935 and this is what happens right so the house is now empty um, and here's what happens is Harry Price returns in 1937 this guy's already been there eight years before now harry price rents out the property for one year and he puts an advert in the times very famous british newspaper and he recruits uh he puts an advert in asking for the bravest of people who wish to remain on the property to investigate right so he's basically got a rotating group of 48 people to come in and investigate the property so it's a fraternity yep that's it okay they're conducting seances right uh they're conducting seances they're conducting investigations they're conducting uh, stakeouts they're writing all of this down right um so what happens is is they basically uh they contact supposedly a spirit called um funny enough marianne <laughs> oh the heart of oh, wow yep the claims claims to have been murdered in uh, the 17th century bawley hall and she was said to have been either bricked up or thrown into a tissue as well and supposedly the wall writings were her pleas for her to get out so what happens then is a contact another spirit who names himself as sunix Amures Uh, He sounds Spanish. And he claims to set fire to the rectory at 9 o'clock that night. Um, So he also says at that time that the bones of a murdered person would be revealed. Now, what happens is he's a little bit late, right? Is he didn't set fire to it. But the year after, this is the 27th of February. It's 11 months. It's 11 months. Yep, he's out. The new owner of the rectory, Captain W.H. Gregson... He's unpacking some boxes and he accidentally knocks over an oil lamp in the hallway and the fire basically destroys the house. It was gutted. Right. And there are photos online if you want to Google them. I'm looking at it right now. Um, It basically guts the house. So it's severely damaged. Um, Right. okay. And after the insurance company investigates it, they conclude the fire had been started deliberately, okay? Ooh. So, what happens then is, this is when the ramping up of the nun starts appearing all over the place, right? Now, the problem... <laughs> what do you mean by all over the place? She's standing <laughs> on top
1: of the yeah. uh, the burnt out thing like, this is mine now, and then she teleports mm-hmm. to a window? I mean, this place looks like a New York City um, just a place Brownstone? in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, it, it, it looks... Yeah. <sighs> Now, hold on. Let's backtrack because you've just said a lot of stuff. The rectory mm-hmm. after the fire, okay? This has yes. been rebuilt, as you said, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. It looks like a red brick house with boarded up windows with one, two, three, four, five different chimneys pointing yep. out at the front of it. We're going to put it in the show notes. A big. It was a big house, yep. Yeah, it was a big house. Like, I, I imagine this to be massive, and this is like. I don't know, if you put two houses together, that's what it would look like. Or a brownstone in the city. Like, it's it's not that impressive aside from the size of it. It's just two houses, but it looks evil. It just, like, with the history that you're mm-hmm. telling me, you look at it and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't take my kids here for daycare, but, like, it, it's, it's pretty ominous. So, sorry to interrupt, but, like, the, the, the listeners have to understand what this looks like. It is mm-hmm. just... You would see this on YouTube on a channel called "Let's Hunt Ghosts," and like this is exactly what you would imagine. So keep it going. This is this is interesting now. It's picking up.
0: Yep. Okay, so basically, uh, what happens is the house has been cutted, Uh and it's it's unlivable, and you, you there's a yeah, there's a woman who claims to have seen the nun, but she won't be telling her story unless she gets paid. That oh. sets alarm bells ring immediately. Right there, and so what happens is Harry Price, he uh, digs up in the cellar, and he claims to have found bones. Right now, he cut. tries to get these. Yeah, he tries to get close. <laughs> he tries to get these bones buried, but they actually refuse to bury it because they think they're the bones of a pig. Um, yeah. Now, here's the real problem of Harry Price, right?
1: His He's, wife was a pig.
0: Yeah he, He's a pig. Based, yeah, he is a pig in disguise. Um, <laughs> he started getting accused after his death. Now, I want to talk about his death, actually, as well. Uh, he starts getting accused after his death of faking some other phenomena. What does he care? So, He's dead. He's already pulled behind. What ice. happens there is, basically, he gets accused of throwing the stones yeah uh and someone actually said they grabbed hold of him and he he actually was caught with the stones (laughs) mid-throw yeah he was actually caught with the stones in his pocket so possibly he was the thing is the guy's dead he can't defend himself so that that's a little bit unfair but why would you make up lies saying he'd thrown stones if he hadn't very very good Good, uh, good thought on there. So, directory's gone, but the, the story hasn't. So what happens here is you've got a lot of people trying to investigate a house that doesn't actually exist anymore, and they're all going on third-hand accounts. So it's pretty much the equivalent of me asking people without actually ever setting foot in the place. It's similar to, you know, the who whodunits of who was Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. You're never going to know, really, because this is no one around, really, from the time to have actually give you any evidence. Okay. Um, the wife of Reverend Foster starts fessing up that she made up a lot of it just for kicks and giggles because she was bored. Um, so that's it. So you've got basically people who claim to have point blank seen The Nun. Okay. I... I know several people who claim to have seen the nun, although they may have been drunk. Um, and you've then got a lot of a line of people claiming the place is haunted. So you've got possibly a a haunted place um, that was amplified about how haunted it was, or you've got a place that's been completely fabricated. So this, so it's up to you, really, what you actually believe. Is there a spirit there? Were there spirits there? Was it the most haunted house in England? We just don't know.
1: I know. I mean, I know. It's definitely not haunted. I mean, it sounds like a guy rented out a beautiful double house in England for a year. And he's like, I need 48 people to come here. And in parentheses, we're going to party so hard that you think ghosts (laughs) exist. End parentheses. And then we're going to write a column about it. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm more fascinated with the pre-Vincent Price or uh, whatever his Price's name was. You know, because once he enters the picture, things start to go really awry really quickly. Um, I'm interested about the nun that got boarded up. Like, was that true? Is that not true? I can imagine that Price is throwing rocks and, like, trying to start stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It it, it seems... to me, personally, this seems to be the longest haunting that we've covered because it spans 400 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's astronomical. And the amount of information that can be lost over that amount of time is astronomical. But who do we believe? Like, and for me, I, I find it very hard to relate to a story like this because, A, it started so long ago. B, there's already an idea of... Um, what is it called? People that aren't truthful, so that that lends less credence to what they're saying. So it's really hard to pick out the truth in this story. Was there a rectory? Yes. Was it haunted? Uh, I don't know. But everything you're saying, like there isn't enough activity to justify the title of the most haunted oh, haunted haunted place in England. I don't think. I mean, yes, there's a haunted. Uh, there's a nun. All right there's none that third-hand people have seen. This that's not enough for me. You know, like I, I want Mr. Borley himself to rise out of the ground and possess the people in the rectory. Like that that's what I need. These seem to be mixed with reality and you know just poltergeists and uh, ghosts and stuff. I, I need clear evidence, and the clearest evidence we have is the writing on the wall. You know that seemed to be really, really yep. concrete because they needed a translator for that, and even with the translator, they barely got it. But they said Marjorie or whatever her name is is like it was directed towards her, and it said help me or like, and I, I don't know if it was the exact one I saw, but it looked like it was written with someone with no arms just jumping at a wall. Like it looked, not human mm-hmm. so um that to me that's the most concrete evidence like we're looking at evidence here um the guy tripping over a candle flame and letting the whole place on fire is not paranormal that means the guy was an idiot or he had a little bit too much to drink okay Yep. um what is cool and what i relate to glenn is that in terms of Amityville, which I base, you know, a lot on because it's so close to me, I could see the the parallels from this to Amityville because there mm-hmm. were three or four different sets of families that all left for the same reason. Okay, that that is not a conspiracy uh, unless you have a multi generational conspiracy. I don't see that happening, but the fact that each family had a different thing that sounds enticing. What doesn't sound enticing is Mr. Harry Price who went there for eight months and then said, okay, I'm out, I'm done with this, then comes back and hires 48 people to test out how paranormal it really is. That's like some really terrible, crappy uh, English uh, reality television show. Like, hey guys, come on down to this house, let's see just how haunted it is. Like, you know, that's a lot of second, third, 48th hand accounts. So, um, it... It's interesting. Uh, I want to focus more on the families than Price because Price seemed to defame the entire thing, in my eyes, from now, an outsider. perspective. Here's the
0: perspective. thing with Price, right, yeah. is outside of Borley, Price is actually responsible for the, the modern-day technique of ghost hunting comes from Harry Price. Um, Throwing rocks first... at people? Really? No, no, no. He oh. was the first guy to be sealing up rooms... Sectioning them off so no one could interfere with rooms. Uh, he the first on the floor. guy to okay. yeah yeah that that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, looking for tremors, um, looking uh, sealing off rooms like looking for tremors. Uh, using photography to investigate ghosts, and he's the other thing right, mm-hmm. is he would actually, you know, meticulously measure out a room. He'd be recording temperatures. He'd be recording uh, movement. He'd be rec- taking photos of the room. Um, he'd be looking for drafts he'd be making sure there's nothing in there that's causing a unexplainable phenomena so outside of Borley, this guy actually went out of his way to disprove a lot of haunting stuff um which kind of contradicts the personality we get in Borley because what he's doing outside of Borley is he's trying to shoot down a lot of what can be seen as supernatural by having equipment to disprove it you know his techniques are still used to this day um he was one of the early pioneers of the spirit box you know the uh voice oh recorder. wow okay yeah he started using that and, and interestingly um in the 1960s someone claims to have had harry price come through on the spirit box i can't remember i read it in a book once that they claimed okay. to have had the harry price actually come through whether it was him or not or whether they were just going oh harry price came through mm. but this is the guy he was he was powdering um places for handprints for footprints Um, he did actually do a lot of scientific work in proving or disproving ghosts exist. So, to write him off as a complete hack seems strange with his later... No, I'm going to write him off as a complete hack
1: right now. He couldn't hide rocks in his pocket. Okay. He could have built the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and he could have built the Spirit Box. He could have built everything you're talking about. But if he's caught with rocks in his pocket that's one people. person
0: saying that one person saying that after he died where he couldn't defend himself so okay so let's dig him up and see if he has rocks in his pockets like <laughs> how hard is this <laughs> so okay. that's the problem is you start besmirching someone who's died then uh... yeah but you know what this whole case is premised
1: The whole case's premise is based on besmirching people who have died. This poor nun just wanted to get eloped with this poor monk who's hidden behind a wall. And now people are like, oh, I'm just sitting on a bench and here is the nun. Like, this nun has nothing to say. But I understand your point is way better than mine. But, um... (sighs) now here's the
0: problem with a nun as well right <laughs> there's problems have, with all of it <laughs> <laughs> no this is just going to be different right uh i have spent a long time and i'd say a good chunk of my life on and off trying to find out just who the hell this nun was there's no records of a nun there there's not even any records of a nunnery being nearby or a monastery um these places aren't actually recorded as having existed yeah the legend of them does exist right so what what i'm more interested in with bali is the fact that um people claim to see her now is this what people are seeing it what they expect to see uh there is nothing there but their own imagination is actually fueling it or is it something mm. else now, i think it's I'm something gonna, else i'm sorry yeah, to interrupt I you can tell you i can tell you what this something else is <laughs> Um, oh no! Well, let's right. get to
1: that, but first, like, there's a difference between what your mind expects to see in reality. Like, I expect to see a winning lottery ticket when I scratch yep. off the lot. If I went to the guy at Seven Eleven, I'm like, I've won the lotto, and he's like, Sir, y- y- this is a baseball card. He's like, no, I won the lotto. Like, that's delusional. So the difference is that in basically i know for a fact that you have been here i want to hear your personal connection to this place based on all of the facts that you've given like what is your actual interaction with this place
0: right so i have been here quite a bit over the years uh, but when i was really into this in my teen years um a, myself and a friend of mine we took a visit there one night and we spent a night in the graveyard Explains Um, a lot okay okay and we went there the night the nun was meant to walk through borley okay back in the
1: 1400s is that the
0: (laughs) this is the night she's meant to basically end up to the rectory which is opposite where the church is so we're there the 4th of august oh okay Um, got it yep we're in this churchyard and before you go there there's uh there's all this local law about oh yeah people the house next door—they painted the windows black next to the church because they're fed up of seeing. Things. I wonder why. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now, they fed up of seeing things, and we got there. Okay, and we knew we knew this because I knew my stuff back then. And I look up, and sure enough, these windows are painted black. <laughs> um,
1: and then like, I have to ask you: Are you currently recording in the Borley Rectory? Because it sounds like you're walking on
0: corpses uh that's not my end oh it's, you're definitely <laughs> recording there okay cool so we have poltergeist. Okay, yep. keep going yep um so yeah i look up and these windows they indeed are painted black um which to my young mind i'm like oh that that part's at least true okay now you hmm. gotta remember is we went there on push bikes um what we went the hell on is pushbikes. a push bike you know a like cycle, a scooter a bicycle uh, but bicycle you know foot powered you know you turn it so turn a, a bicycle chain, yep we went there on bicycles thank you and we have backpacks full of stuff and we we sit there and we settle down in the church we spend our time in the church looking for the grave of the nun wait in the the church actually in the churchyard, we couldn't get in the church because it's locked they don't let people in um and uh apart from a very cold side of the church which i did put down to the fact it had no sun <laughs> and it probably didn't see any it sun was 3 a.m <laughs> yeah it probably was lower <laughs> uh we sit there and we sit there and we sit there and we sit there um and at one point we thought we heard something from inside the church um but we, oh, that was probably more of one of us heard thought we heard something and the other one was just like oh god i heard that too mm. and we sit there okay so Daybreak comes, we've seen no nun. There is no nun. Um and it's about seven AM and we decide we're gonna we're gonna leave, okay? Mm. So we got on our bikes and we happen to happen upon a man walking along the road and he's like, Oh, hello and he's very friendly chap and he asks us what we've been doing. We explain, quite honest with him, and he chuckles and says, Oh yeah, we've we've had a few people like that over the years come up. Um, and he explains to us what the nun is <laughs> it's a god no no which was pig. quite funny uh, because he he said he's a resident of borley and he tells us what the nun is um and there's a retired army captain who dresses uh, up as a lives, nun yeah shut <laughs> he up. Lives, yep he lives next to the stables and he is so fed up with people coming to borley <laughs> And Hastings outside his house, he actually dresses up as a nun and chases people away. He said he was crazy. He goes, but I, I can assure you, I've seen the actual outfit myself. This this guy does this. He actually said this is a thing he does because he's so annoyed with people who keep coming here that he's actually dressing up as a nun and scaring people away because it's amazingly effective how people come up in their car at night and a nun appears, they're gone. Um, okay. So, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. There's a lot to unpack here. Okay.
1: Number yeah, one, on. when was this? What year ish was this? This
0: would have been 1994. Okay.
1: How old was the guy that dresses up as a nun back then?
0: Uh, he would have been in his 60s. So he's 70s dead, maybe. Okay. So now he's probably
1: he, dead. Now, so yeah. now he's the ghost of the nun of the guy that dressed as the nun.
0: Yeah. He could possibly be a cross-dressing nun.
1: Okay. And now there's a son or a daughter. Hopefully, he had kids that is now continuing the legacy of the nun. So basically, the the story of the nun is just passed down for four hundred years, and like as this person is on their deathbed, they just say, "Oh, hello, son. Um, there's something I need to tell you. Um, you're gonna take these
0: clothes and scare the yep. shit out of anyone that sits on this yeah, bench. That's it. Okay. Pass on my legacy, son. Pass on. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So so
1: you hear this from this bloke that's just in the middle of the street, and what's your reaction? like oh uh, okay where was he tonight like could i meet him could i please see the the
0: cloak like where is your investigate no he points out his house uh he points out where he lives and we I actually said to him i said well where are you going and he said i'm walking down there to get my newspaper which was a couple of miles walk wait, wait, wait. um what yeah he walks he's walking to the nearest village which oh, actually has okay. a news agent, and he said i'm going to get my newspaper which is a couple of miles away and it's like okay and then we bike away and the one i must say the one thing out of this that left me going huh at the end of it was
1: he was, he
0: was damn far away from anywhere <laughs> this guy we spoke to like it wasn't a, it wasn't a short walk um, when we actually realized on the bikes it's like well, where the hell was he going because that's not that wasn't an easy walk um, he was doing i'm not saying i met met something supernatural it was just weird that this guy happened to pop up and explain it and we just rode off and left him to it. But that was supposedly what the nun of Bawley was. I personally quite like the legend of it myself. Um, and I find the idea of a retired army captain cross-dressing to scare people off quite hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, that you know, he, he did give a, a pretty convincing explanation for why this thing's been happening and why she's still appearing.
1: No, no, no. Now, a cross-dressing army corporal is not a good reason. Captain. Captain. Oh, excuse me. Is not (laughs) a satisfactory reason. I actually would believe more that there's a ghost. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I I believe the ghost more than a cross-dressing army. Like, there's no way. There's no way. But, uh, Glenn, there's no evidence here. There's zero evidence so far,
0: except from hearsay. This isn't boding well. Keep going. I'm dying. Yeah, so basically we go back, and I have been up there several times since on the same day, and I've seen nothing. I've been up there every time of the day and night. I've taken various people up to this place, and I've seen nothing. So uh with regards to whether it's actually any truth in it i don't know is it a place that it's popular because of harry price's book maybe but then you have to explain what happened what happened before harry price really um what were the people before he turned up investigating seeing uh what was the reverend bull reporting originally because he was reporting stuff long before the reverend Foister. Um, so you've had people pre-Harry Price reporting phenomena going on, um, whether that is genuine phenomena, that's the thing, but that, that's the real problem is you have this guy, Harry Price, who's linked to it, but you do have phenomena happening before he turns up. Now, how do you explain that? I explain
1: now, it very easily. Okay. Yeah, go on. Maybe things happen before that. And then he said, hey, let me capitalize on this. Let's turn this into a fraternity house. Let me get 48 people that think they're ghostbusters. Let's take everything that they ever felt for the past year and compile it into a compendium Mm -hmm. and then release it to the public. That will cause a stir. But the things that last throughout this investigation is not the 48 different eyewitness accounts. It's the nun. The nun is the thing that... uh, sticks through the 400 years. There's a backstory. There are people that still see it. Granted, there's a, a cross-dressing person that dresses up as them, but that seems to be the constant throughout all of this. Am I wrong? I mean, there seems yeah, to be... Yeah, and there's other freak things that happen. Like, there's a whole book on it calling The Flying Bricks of Borley. Like, uh, people took pictures of the rectory, and in the middle of this, this was in uh, 1997, that's the book publishing, but the picture was taken far long ago. There is just a floating brick in the middle of the rectory as this wow. picture is being taken. Like, there is definitely paranormal occurrences throughout this, but it doesn't seem to be the ones that people are stating. It's It's... History, you know, before this guy shows up. It's history after this. It's a picture that shows that there's paranormal activity. Yet, the most focused part of this whole investigation is on freaking Vincent Price's daughter, Henry Price, or whatever his name is. Like, it's it's ridiculous. So, personally, I'm going to discount everything Price has. It's a great story, and that would make a great movie. Incidentally, they just released it three years ago, and it has one and a half stars on Rotten Tomatoes. It's terrible. But, um, You know, I think the real story for me is The Nun, that, after Price dies, and what's going on now, and the legacy. This seems like a legacy haunting. This doesn't seem like anything else. It is a great story with not a lot of factual evidence. But that's me. Like, uh, what do you believe? Uh, What's your thought on this? Now that you've lived it, you've read it, this is embedded into your culture. Like, what's the takeaway here?
0: Um, I personally think it's all rumor and hearsay that's built up a legend. I I think this is the, the most interesting part. Here's the church. I mean, the church is yeah. only a thousand years old. That that's um, the incredible part. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I I thought you know the church is the amazing place. That that's what actually makes this place. Um, it is beautiful just to go there just to see the church. Um. But whether there is actually anything there, uh, I I don't think so. I think the legend is actually better than the the actual reality. Um, because when you go there, it is just a church out in the middle it's of nowhere. It's unfortunate.
1: It's really unfortunate because I, I did a lot of research... I mean, a little bit of research before we started this and I went for like ghost hunting in Barley. And since there is nothing left, there's nothing left to investigate except the cemetery, which people have sat in, have done things in, and nothing ever comes up. So it's a place that is lost to time, which is fascinating and is always a great story. But it... The, it's a legend, the legend of the Headless Horseman. You know, like, these are great stories to talk about. But it, the mere fact that it's five minutes away from your house is so intriguing. Like, mm-hmm. you can go there. It's just, does it It can't feel the same. Like, it's a completely different place now. But um, was there a feeling when you went there that that you're just like, well, something occurred here? Like, when I went to Amityville, there was a significant feeling of something wrong is here. Did you have that feeling when you went to Barley?
0: No, it was more a case of this is remote and this okay. is this is far away from anywhere. This is just a village in the middle of nowhere. Um it's quite it's, it's quite pleasant around there, but it's it's you it's, know, it's two or three houses. There's there's not a lot there at all. Okay. Okay, now not a lot there at
1: all. Last question I have before anything else. From that story you said as a kid that you went there, mm-hmm. if I were to take you back there today, would you be able to pinpoint two things? One, where you met the man, and B, where you said the cross-dressing guy was.
0: Yep, absolutely. Okay,
1: so what, why don't we go? Why don't you go there, live stream it, knock on the door, and be like, "Hi, I've heard some stories, like in the most like polite British way possible, and just be like, I just want to confirm that they're true. Like, is there a possibility that you, we could go back there and be like, is is this true? Like, you know where the house is." Why don't you
0: make it uh, happen, Glenn? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could. Um, I don't know what I'd find 25 years later. Uh, hey. Knocking on someone's door and going, Hey, uh, have you always had this house in your family? Yeah. Was your grandfather a crossdresser? Could I see your wardrobe,
1: <laughs> sir or ma'am? But, um, I mean, it's better than 400 years ago. I mean, like, as time goes on, the legacy grows longer. If you could put a stop to this and you go into their house and you're like, Hello. Hi, my name's Bob. Okay, Bob. Um, Could I just come in for a cup of tea? Yeah, oh, sure. Absolutely. Could I see your wardrobe? And then you open it and it's just 15 none, like, outfits. <laughs> You'd be like, Gotcha. Okay? Like, yep.
0: I-, I feel like this is worth your time. So... I." please i do i do and i don't right um i I think when i went there as a teen it was definitely one of the the bravest things i've ever done okay it really was um it was it was one of the bravest things i've ever done was actually i went there by myself and just investigated and i was terrified at the time i thought i am going to see something and i'm not going to be able to unsee it and I think I think it was like a turning point really where I kind of you got there and my eyes saw what it really was And it was just huh um, Because I'd grew up hearing stories of this place, but to actually spend a few hours there and it, it, Admittedly it is creepy hanging out in the graveyard at night um, I wouldn't recommend it. it is quite disrespectful to be fair Um but, you know, you hung out there. We didn't do anything. We weren't jumping on graves or anything. We were very respectful of the people buried there. Um, and, yeah, we, we kind of got the... We got a different kind of result from what we expected. And it was kind of an explanation for the whole thing. Now, if I can name you every man on his dog who claims to have seen a ghost there. Um, I, I've met people who claim to have seen a ghost there. Um... I'm not saying I don't believe them, but what I'm saying is they expect to see something, so they do. And to me, that that's the
1: that's the conundrum, that is the problem, because there are two two types of people in my book. There are people that expect things expect to see things and do, mm-hmm. and then there are people that don't expect to see anything and do. Yep. And those are the the second part of the people that I'm concerned about. You know, like those are the stories I want to hear. Not the ghost hunters that are going in there with a little box. Oh my God, it flicked on one light. That means that the ghost of, you know, the nun is here and she's literally serving me food. Like, no, I want to hear about the guy that's just walking there on his way to work and like has video evidence of a nun lifting him up, which will never happen. But this case seems to be filled with people that are expecting to see things. And I don't. I don't want to use the word fa- fabricate, but then see things. I'm more interested in the families that lived there, saying, "Hey, this is a rectory. Why is there a floating statue in front of my face? Why is there writing on the wall?" That's what makes things like amityville and i hate to keep coming back to it so interesting you just move in and stuff starts happening like that's bad but if you're saying hey i'm gonna rent this place out for a year 48 of y'all come down let's see what we see that's a lot more suspicious than just you know the -the run-of-the-mill family moving in and things start happening they move out the next one things start happening so it's really split in half and it's done over a long period of time, which makes the legend appear even more ominous than it is. There's
0: there's yep. both of these at the same time. So Now Yeah here's here's the other thing, right? We did actually have something happen to us while we were there. Um but here's the difference okay. is we had something happen and we went back to investigate what it was. That's and we just brewed very quickly what we thought it was. Um, so here we go, right? So we're there in the middle of the night, and if you can imagine, you've got the main road. So you've got this country road coming up, you've got the church on the right, and you've got uh, like a place to pull over where the church is set back. We've got our push bikes there, you've got the gate to the church. like right, there's a wall. You walk in, there's a path leading up, there's gravestones either side, there's a tree outside of the church. So what happens is, we park our bikes up. And we're standing there for a couple of minutes, and then we hear something above us, and we look up, and something comes down out of the trees. Now we can't see what it is, but this thing falls out of the trees down towards us, and we are gone. Right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like material whipping through the wind. We are gone. Okay. Uh, we're when We left our bikes. We ran and we're probably 50 yards away and i can't remember which one of us said it but we go we have to go back um i think a we didn't want to leave our bikes and b we had to see what it was so we turn around and go back and we've got the you know we've got backpacks we've got torches with you know, flashlights mm-hmm. and we're shining around and we find what quotation marks jumped at us out from the tree and it was a kite stuck in the tree yeah. but that, you know if we hadn't done that we could have gone back and we could have said we had a ghost jump down at us. something jumped out of a tree because we didn't hang around to investigate because we expected something to happen uh and something did happen but it wasn't supernatural it was actually a kite and that's a, a, um, a perfect idea for this whole
1: place you know uh-huh. you went back into the research but here's the difference between you and price Price would have thrown the damn kite into the tree and been like, oh, what's that? Oh, God. Like, you didn't yep. you didn't throw that. So it's at least you had enough sense to justify your beliefs. But did you get the
0: bikes back? Yeah, we got the bikes okay. back and we spent the rest of the night there. But, yeah, well, at first we took that as a keep away. And okay. so it was like, it's damn, a damn kite. Part of me did go, why would a kite be stuck in a tree? But Because, you
1: know. yeah. Okay, here's the last question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Who are you investigating with? Are they alive? Do they cross dress as a nun? And can I speak with them?
0: Uh, you can speak with them. I'm not sure about the cross dressing. Okay. Um, they possibly do.
1: I want to get their side of the story for this, and I don't want I don't I don't want you to notify them. I'm just going to call them up with your beautiful British extension. I'm going to dial the 25 numbers it takes to get to you,
0: <laughs> and just be
1: like, "Hi, I heard you were in Burley Rectory in 1997." Please tell me everything you know. And I'm going to hit record, and I want to okay. upload that. Because I think that would be a great story.
0: Yeah, I can ask him. I can ask him if he's free to actually actually do it.
1: He might be too busy dressing up as the guy down the block <laughs> as an army
0: general <laughs> from Barley Rectory. He's now actually dressing up as an army captain. Yeah, as a nun. As a nun. <laughs> All right. Well, it um, comes down to it.
1: I mean, for me, is it haunted? Sure. Sure is is every story true no is it a legend yes absolutely is it something that will continue for many years to come sure because there's no place to investigate except for the cemetery no. which is grounds for a great ghost story is yep. it a phenomenal gross uh, ghost story yes is it a place i want to visit yes now that comes from a guy millions of miles away thousands of miles away Mm-hmm. What is your takeaway from all of this? What do you feel in your gut about this whole your experience tied in with the history timed in with Vince's Vincent Price's stepdaughter? Like, what do you think?
0: I think it's haunted by the stuff people take there with them. That's it. I think that's a great way to sum it up.
1: I think that's a beautiful way to sum it up and uh, I hope one day to come by, you know, take the eight-hour flight. And I hope that we, it, it, at first it was like, Glenn, I'd really like to see the castles. Now it's just like, Glenn, take me to every haunted house and the people that dress up <laughs> as the haunted house people. Um, but uh, take a look at the pictures online, listeners, because it, it looks, honestly, the picture I'm looking at just looks like a, a beautiful cottage with mentally disturbed people it looks like a sanatorium almost just like a place where people yeah, go definitely. to relax So, um, and, and I think it's ominous by itself without the history if you just look at it you know, um, th- there doesn't need to be a kid like in the Amityville ha- Horror where there's a depiction of something that might or might not be there this place just oozes history and it has the history to back it up so I'm I'm a fan I wish there was more on it Um, I wish there was a proper documentary or a movie that wasn't so hokey, but I hope that more things come out of it. Beautiful story, and really enjoyed listening to it from someone that's been there, because it's another viewpoint. It's It's a completely different, horrific story to hear, but all I can think of out of all of this is that poor nun, Um, (laughs) granted, like, she was the one that that was at fault here. Let's get eloped with the monk. I mean, poor monk, too. But, like, the monk got a really bad sentence. He's like, we're going to drag you to the town square and hang you. And Uh they just threw her behind a wall, which, to me, is just the most horrifying thing at all, which sets up a precedent for haunting. Because a guy hung... Well, that sounded bad. All right, a guy that's hanged out in the middle of public is you know, there's not going to be much of a ghost story because everyone saw it, but the mere fact that a woman was hidden away because of going against her religion and boarded up behind cement, that yep. is the precedent for a great ghost story. So,
0: Absolutely. yeah, And probably completely fictional, but it found the right place to be played out. For sure. For sure. But thank you. That, I enjoyed that a lot more um, than when I read about it and listened to it, but what a story man and for this week i have been glenn and i've been mike the nun and if you have any comments you can reach us at t grumpets pod you can email us t at pod at gmail.com or you can leave us a message via voice in the show notes attached to this very podcast but we will be returning again soon with more supernatural soirees and we hope you take care and you stay safe Good